Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today we have a special guest with us who I know you will find to be a wealth of information related to helping us have a healthy brain so we can achieve our goals in the time frame that we desire. Dr. Crystal Culler is a holistic brain health expert with nearly 20 years of experience working with individuals with brain-related diagnoses, their families, providers, and advocacy organizations. She has received numerous international and national awards for innovation in brain health programs and wellness services with a global impact spanning nearly 60 countries. She is a doctor of behavioral health with an educational background in the behavioral sciences, and she is the founder of the Virtual Brain Health Center. Welcome, Dr. Crystal. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be with you and your community to talk all things brain health. Oh, I'm excited too. Now, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, how do you define brain health and what are some of the key components of it? I think this is a wonderful way to start the talk and like to honor if you may be listening in and thinking, what exactly is brain health? You are with most people. Our field has not done a very good job of defining brain health, and we've had some competing definitions. So to make it very simple, if we're talking about brain health and wellness, it comes down to your thinking, your feeling, and your doing. So what does that really mean? A lot of the definitions look at aspects of your brain, your brain's performance, its function, your cognition. So to give you ideas of that, it's your judgment, your planning, your decision making, your ability to maintain a clear mind and think through a thought. And so it's typically been based on historically an output of our brain. And now we've really started to see a shift of pulling the lens wider that really good brain health is a holistic approach to our health and well-being and how we can thrive in our everyday lives. So from just those decision makings, but also our emotional well-being, our physical health, our nutritional health, how every investment that we make of our time and our energy throughout our day leads to letting our brains function optimally. Well, that's really interesting. Let's dig a little deeper into that. So how are these all connected? If my brain is healthy, how does that then help me? Obviously, it helps with decision making, but how does that help me with my health or my emotional status, et cetera? Can we connect all those? Yeah, I think that's the great part that brings it all together of really the definition by the World Health Organization lets us know that good brain health is a state when each one of us can recognize our own abilities and optimize cognitive, emotional, psychological, behavioral functioning to cope with life situations. And I think many of us in the workplace and running businesses, you're coping with a lot, you're making a lot of decisions every day. So how do you really nurture your mind, body and spirit to be your best self and to navigate the complicated situations that are part of probably many business people's every day to day and we don't realize why some days we're so exhausted in the afternoon because we've made so many decisions or we expended our energy putting out fires or thinking through a big plan. So how can we really start to 
prioritize our brain and set it up for better success, which then sets up our holistic health for better success. So explain to me how a healthy brain then can positively impact our success as a business owner. Yes, I think in recognizing when we think about brain health or we talk about brain health, most of the conversation comes around risk to our brain. And some we may quickly think about, we might know we might not want to smoke or drink as much. Our brains don't function as well in those situations or shortly after. But it comes a little bit broader to our brain, our body, and our environment. So a lot of the risks should come back for body is chronic health conditions. Are we making sure we're taking our annual appointments? Any health conditions we have, we are managing well. So heart health, high blood pressure, obesity, looking at things like our mood, making sure when we're too low on our mood, like depression, we don't make decisions the way we typically would. We're not always our best self. So when we start to realize we're out of our norm, how do we reach out for more help? And a lot of this then comes down to the decisions and the way we spend our time using our brain throughout our day, learning new things, cognitively being engaged, making sure we're physically active. If we're too sedentary, we're not getting blood flow to our brain. And then it's a little harder to make decisions and for our brain to function the way we would like it to. So starting to think about how our brain and our body exist in our environment within our day-to-day -day routine and how we can minimize some of the stressors so that we feel better. There's been some research that just came out that showed images of our brain when we're in back-to-back -back meetings on Zoom without a 10-minute break. And it just shows the dampened activity of your frontal lobe, which is the part responsible for all of your decision making and planning. So while many of us are thinking, I want these two hours of the day for my meetings back to back, when we're actually looking at the science and how we're feeling while we're experiencing those those meetings, it's we need to plan in breaks to shift a bit of our mindset a lot around brain health is. How do we value our rest and our self-care the same way we value our productivity and our efficiency? Because we need both to maintain this equilibrium in our optimal brain health and wellness. Wow, super interesting. What are some other common challenges that business owners face when it comes to maintaining good brain health and how can we overcome these challenges? Now, you, all, you just talked about the Zoom meetings, for example, and taking breaks. That's obviously one challenge. What other common challenges do we have and how do we overcome them? Yeah, I think one of the first that comes to mind and a lot of the popular questions we get around brain health in the workplace is this work-life harmony. You know, our lives or our work lives carry over to personal lives and vice versa. It's not always the set square boxes, but no matter what we're doing, whether it's our work or leisure or family time, we are investing our time, our energy and our money. And for the three, those three buckets are very important to many of us. And we probably recognize we make decisions differently when it's our money or it's certain sums of money. But do you put the same thought? into this is an investment of my energy and my time and that has value and i think that comes apart in the workplace and recognizing there's times to hit the brakes there's times to take a pause 
to use strategies that can help us or our brains feel better. And that will look a little different. You may find you have preferences for time of day. You can be very productive in certain windows in the morning and the afternoon is a great time to reply to emails, make some return phone calls, something that is less cognitively demanding, or it may be vice versa. But when you can take time and reflect on your energy levels, where you're spending your energy, where you're investing your time, it can help find you some very practical solutions under brain health. So you make sure you are taking care of yourself and your brain. And it may also be at that moment in time where you're thinking, today is not the day. I didn't sleep well, I haven't ate the best. It is not a good time to make a very important decision. Let's see if I can get better rest, nourish, make sure I'm hydrated, go on a walk, and then revisit this decision I'm wanting to make. And so I like to encourage a lot of people in the workplace and owning your own businesses, think about your investment of your energy and time equally like you would your finances and start to make decisions of where there may be time sucks or where something's really pulling a lot of your energy and you're noticing exhaustion, fatigue, or headaches, however it may show up in you afterwards, and think about, can you compress that into shorter intervals? Is there something you can do to tackle that? So then your valuable resource of your time and energy comes back for you to spend it in other things, whether it's your business or an evening activity, a social outing with friends, networking, that you can show up more energetic in yourself that you typically want to present without having these energy and time drains kind of weighing you down. So. I encourage people to think about those three buckets, your time, your money, and your energy, and how we can make simple investments for our own optimal brain care. What about the people that make excuses? Oh, I just don't feel like it today, so I'm not going to make my revenue generation calls that I know are going to help me build my business. Is there any thoughts around people leveraging, making an excuse about, I just don't feel like it today, and so then they don't? being kind of the out they give themselves or is it really a truism? Do you understand my question? Yeah, you know, I think it's a nice, it's a balance. I think we all struggle with that. And when we hit a task that, like you said, we're kind of getting this resistance from our own selves of, I really don't want to do this. If we can invest a little time to think, well, why don't I? Why is this my sticking point? And are there tools or resources I could use? And a lot of it, I think, comes down to how you asked this question was simply reframing it. When I invest my time in making this call, I know I get to have conversations with decision makers that can help me grow my business. So seeing if you can switch it in some ways of as cliche as it is that I have to on your list to that I get to, I get to make this call to grow my business. And it might be as well as with some of that reframing, really giving yourself some limitations. It might be very tough and you realize you're exhausted if you dedicate four hours in your morning, half a day every week to make those calls. Will it look different for you if you shift out those tasks to maybe one hour Monday through Thursday? And play around with that of knowing you keep this on your importance list. It is something you went off your list at the end of the week it's a good priority, but see if maybe when you're investing your time in different intervals, how your energy is on the flip side. And as you're noticing things really work, 
and what doesn't work, you can shift and be responsive. And sometimes that's a little easier than when you really hit the roadblocks. And like you said, we can quickly make excuses. This can wait till next week. Oh, this is Monday. And next thing you know, it's the end of a month and you haven't done these calls that can really help you grow. So think about ways you could reframe it and then give yourself the encouragement to get through it. Or sometimes I've had people set up their own reward system. If I make these five calls, I can then go on my walk where I know I feel better and I will come back energized. So pairing a task, you know, that takes some of your energy with one that gives you energy and setting up an internal reward system for yourself to just keep you thriving and moving forward with your task. Great example. Are there any other specific habits or practices that we as business owners can adapt to help us improve our brain health? And obviously then that increases our success as we do those things. Yeah, I think one of the most important ones is if you have the flexibility, experiment with your day-to-day routine. And some of it may come from the aspects of your business of you need to respond to emails first thing in the morning to get things going for correspondence throughout the day. But think about how there's tasks that you could assign. So I've seen a lot of people and it's worked really well is you color code your calendar and you may just put from 10 to 12 is my time where I can think really well. I have the most clarity and they label that as like deep thinking. It is your time to take those tasks when you know you're at your peak that are on your list and dedicate that time. So rather than always having a calendar be meeting oriented or that, it's how do you put it into buckets of time? And it's the same way of planning a lunch and sticking to it like a rest break. It's a different experience than when you're eating at your computer, which I think for a lot of us that just happens throughout the workday. But if you can set aside some time to get up and move, eat lunch, make sure you're hydrated throughout the day and just put those small things on your calendar. So you're starting to chunk your time by task or for yourself, your own brain preferences. For some people, it's the morning workout. It's a a meditation. But what are these other brain breaks you're doing throughout the day? And then how can you put things like emails and phone calls maybe twice a day rather than having to be in this constant flux of you get this alert and you want to quickly respond? Well, now you've diverted your attention and your focus from that deep thinking task you're on. So think about ways you can set parameters for yourself. And I know this may be different on response times for the types of businesses people have, but eliminate those distractions during that deep thinking. And it could even be in 15 minutes or 30 minute intervals. I need to revisit my marketing today or my social media and you turn off the alerts and you just focus on that one task. And you can see a lot of different great benefits to that, but think about kind of making your day follow along with your own rhythms, but also your to-do list. And remember to build in those breaks so that you come back to the next task a little more energized and more uplifted to tackle that one as well. You're singing my song, Crystal. I love this. I talk a lot about color coding your calendar and really not doing emails actually first thing in the morning because it can get you derailed from what's in your calendar or something upsets you or you go down a rabbit hole. 
or things like that. So you are definitely uh, singing my song here. I love color coding calendars. I recommend people do take breaks in between as well, as well in between their various activities to give them space to breathe and to move on and to really think about that. And a lot of people even do put the meditation in their calendar as a time block a couple of times a day even to help them really regroup and get their brain power moved up to where it needs to be. I love the fact you're talking about moving because I recommend a lot of times that people, you know, do some push-ups against the wall or sit-ups or whatever you might need to do to get your blood flowing again and really the juices to your brain thinking. And of course, drinking water is massively important to us for many, many reasons. So these are all Excellent, excellent suggestions. Eliminating distractions and interruptions. When you time block your calendar, your assistant and other team members know what you're doing when, so there's a time scheduled for maybe team members that's labeled for them if they want to talk to you so they're not interrupting you. One of the biggest things that I don't really appreciate is when I'm calling somebody and the assistant says, well, let me just check and see you know, if they can take your call. It's like, no. They don't have me in their calendar, so you should not be putting me through and disrupting them and interrupting them from what they're supposed to be doing. So I just I love this advice. It's so, so important. No, and I'm so glad you shared the application. I remember in my last position, I had found my own rhythms with fitting within an organization that has like kind of their own rules and tendencies. And I realized much to your point was I would block out the first hour or so of my day in the last hour because that was my time to get things done for the departments I had to oversee and kind of my work. And I remember I walked in to report to my supervisor the one day and she's like, can you explain this to me? And so I told her um, and they really didn't like it. But I had learned part of the organizational culture was if something wasn't on your calendar, it meant Anyone could pop in my office and expect me to drop what I'm doing to talk about their tax at hand. And personally, that was very disruptive to me in my workflow and the tasks that I was trying to do. So I had learned some different strategies, as well as when you're in different environments or you may have different contractors, collaborators with how they work. And I learned to start some of those conversations with what's your tendency? Is it an email, is it a quick text? And knowing that you're not expecting a fast response, but what's the best way we could communicate to get those tasks done? Because it's much like you said, everyone's looking for ways to be efficient. It looks different for all of us. So how do we make sure we take care of ourselves as well as the teams or people that we're supporting in our work? And all the strategies you shared are always wonderful to do and make sure the breath time, movement time, all those things are front of mind for us as we move throughout our day. Yeah, just by reducing the interruptions that can happen in most offices can be so freeing and really give back people the time that they need to do what they're supposed to do. So I said an interruption, whether it's in person or the emails, you know, zinging one, two email here, one, two email there. And, you know, your your emails, you know, popping up, popping up. And it's like, OK, no, I have email time. That's, for example, at 11 and four. And I don't check it and don't pay attention to it until then. So those are interruptions also. So you want to make sure that you really do leverage your very valuable time using the color coding system to help you stay organized. Now, what advice would you give to us as business owners 
who really we want to prioritize our brain health. We want to be better at it, obviously because of the importance and the benefits of that that we've been talking about. But we're not really sure where exactly we would start. So if we're taking baby steps to really helping ourselves with our brain health, where would you recommend we start and build up to really maximizing that? Oh, I think this is a great question because for many of us, the challenge sometimes is simply getting started. I encourage people, especially if you're in business in the workplace, you're probably doing this in one way or another, but reflect on yourself and your own pain points. Where are you noticing? you're not showing up as your best self or where are you noticing you're fumbling? If it's a particular time of day and like much to you, you said earlier is it's noon and you haven't drank water since this morning and you're feeling groggy, you're getting a little bit of a headache and then you're like, oh my, I didn't drink anything this morning. How can you then say, let me focus on this one thing. I want to make sure I am keeping myself hydrated and I will make sure I drink this cup however you want to do it, monitored cup or one that you have and you take a movement break and you go and refill it mid-morning and you come back and you just make that one thing part of your routine. It's really about these small, tiny habits that then you can build into this bigger picture around your brain health and wellness. So I encourage people it will look different, but to think about where it is for you that you could say, I know I eat lunch every day might not be eating the most healthy foods for my brain or my body. But during that meal, can I make one better food decision for myself? Can I make a decision about my food for my brain and my own performance? Many people know you're probably not eating a large starchy meal at lunch and then trying to perform the rest of your afternoon. But could you make sure you have something that's a healthier fat? Add in one more serving or one more fruit or vegetables. Think about ways you can take what you're doing every day and just level it up one little notch. So one more serving of fruit, one more glass of water, and slowly all these habits come together to make a better brain healthy lifestyle for people. And so I hope you could find ways in your day. And I suspect maybe some people listening may say, I don't take as many movement breaks. But, you know, I start feeling it in my back or my legs, especially the upper back. So many of us are hunching over at computers and typing that I need to take a stretch break, take five minutes and really stretch out, make myself big, go on a bit of a walk, get upright, those types of things. And so tune in to your body throughout your day and start to see where you may be getting some of these signals of where you could start. Or you may know when you're looking at your calendar now of, I booked meetings four hours in a row. Maybe I should take, make them 45 minute meetings instead of hours and give myself a break in between. And in between, I will purposely do something for myself to get prepared. It's not just the next meeting prep. So I would encourage people to look at their calendar tune into their body and see where are their small practical ways they could start to have an impact for their health and well-being. And if it's prioritizing hydration, it may be making a nutritional choice, moving your body a little, or also looking at, I might need to take a rest. And rest may mean doing a lighter demanding task or a movement break or I know this person I'm having a call with, maybe I can suggest we do a walking meeting so you both could get active. But think about ways 
on your calendar or your day-to-day -day lifestyle, you can just make one small tiny shift or level up a, a decision for your overall brain health. And as you start to prioritize different areas and hydration now is just part of your routine, you can go to the next segment. It can get very overwhelming if you're thinking, I'm not sleeping well, my nutrition's not good. It can just get to be a lot. But pick one small area where you can start. Start small and know all those tiny habits build into a very healthy lifestyle for you. And it does take time to nurture those habits. So my encouragement is, is to start where you need to, but make sure you take time to reflect so you can find something that will match your lifestyle as well. Great advice. As a matter of fact, I have one gentleman in an accountability group and the group members were giving him a hard time because in the afternoon he had nap as a time block in his calendar. And he said, and he's the kind of person, I can't do this, but he's the kind of person that could take, you know, 15 or 20 minute nap, get rejuvenated and move on. And so the rest of the members were kind of giving him a hard time about taking a nap. And I said, hey, if that works for him, why not? I mean, that's how he recharges his batteries, gets his mental energy going and his blood flowing again, was to take a nap. If that works for him, hey, it works for him. And I'm so glad you shared that example because the other sentiment that aligns with what you're saying is you may hear a productivity hack, you may hear on the podcast, you may read an article and you try it and it just doesn't work for you. And you may have the judgment of saying, well, there's science behind this. It's in this you know, top rated article press release, I should be able to do this, but doesn't fit your lifestyle. And that's the important part, I think, around the brain health and wellness conversation is research can show you risk or some hacks, but if it doesn't fit to you personally, that's fine. You can say, hey, I tried it, it didn't work, let it go and try the other tools or techniques because there are a lot out there. And much to your example, is, I don't think I could do a short nap. <laughs> But it works for some people and unplugging, but say, hey, I tried it, not for me, no judgment, on to the next thing. Let's see if this fits me and my lifestyle today. Because what may work for you now may not work for you in five, 10 years. Or things that worked for you when you were younger aren't a tool that serves you anymore. So just be aware and remove some of those layers of expectation that there are things you can do and it's okay to try. It doesn't work for you. Try the next thing. Keep on going. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. And of course, a lot of people in today's world get these stand up desks. So when they're sitting too long, they can just, you know, move the desk up. And then if they're standing too much, they can move the desk down or they sit on a exercise, you know, round rubber ball or various different things. And again, to your point, everybody's different. Everybody can use different tools and resources to help them function the best way that they can function. And I'm, I'm one that works on drinking water every day. I have my jug of water by my desk and I fill it in the morning. And so I'm always looking at the time. Have I sipped water? Because I believe, you know, having water and drinking water and being hydrated is really important. And it is obviously physically super important. But you're right. Not all of us think about that. I had one client once he was getting more tired in the afternoon and he worked later in the day. And I said, why don't you just have your assistant make you a protein shake? And he said, I can't have my assistant make me a protein shake. 
And I said, you have a kitchen there. Why not? And so he did. And that helped him with his energy level in the afternoons when he needed it. And he was feeling tired and more lethargic. No, and it's wonderful because it's like you said, sometimes talking with someone else or, you know, groups and getting different insights, they can give you a suggestion you wouldn't always think about. How many of us are have access to a kitchen we might always not always think to utilize, but could be a good solution or a water fountain where it's like get a smaller cup. So it forces you to get up and get more water. So it adds movement and hydration. There's just these different tools and techniques we can use. And how nice is it to get insights from other people that can say, this might be something for you to look at. Exactly. And then I love the fact that you're asking people to reflect. So my reflection question is always when you're thinking about what you've done at the end of the day and even at the end of the week is what can I do different, better or not do? to incrementally improve tomorrow, next week, next month. And so it really helps you really reflect and say, okay, what minor things or baby steps? And like you said, pick one thing. And I think that's a great place to always start. You don't want to do everything. You want to pick one thing that you think is going to have the most impact on you. Some people who really like to meditate really add meditation into their calendars a couple times a day because they feel rejuvenated when they do that. Does that work for everybody? No. As you said, everybody's a little bit different. So doing some things that are going to help you and reframing your thoughts are also really good, good, good suggestions. Yes, I love your end of the week reflection. I'm going to have to add that for myself to try. You know, you get these prompts that can really shift your thinking or shift your reflection to drive your change and your goals for the following week. So how wonderful is that? Yeah, it's really super simple. It's just what can I do different, better or not do to just incrementally improve? Because reality, we're all a work in progress. Absolutely. You know, so we all can incrementally improve in something that's going to benefit us and move forward. Now, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I recommend to my clients that they have before any meeting or set of calls they're going to make or whatever the activity is, is that they basically have a pre-shot routine before that. So in other words, they get their mindset right. They get everything in order for that meeting or that call set or whatever it is they're doing to help them get the outcome that they want. Then they have that event, whether, again, that's the meeting or calls or whatever the activity is. Then I tell them they need a post-meeting time, so basically they're clearing everything from that meeting out. They're either delegating what they need to, they're putting action items for themselves, they're doing whatever it is they need to do to basically end that meeting, clear everything out of their subconscious so their brain isn't saying, I've got to remember to do this, I've got to remember to do that, I don't want to forget to do that, I can't forget to do that, I have to remember to do this. And so that they're then ready to go on to the next event or meeting with their pre-shot routine and then have their meeting, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a wonderful strategy. I admit I do variations of that for myself. I always block out time. If it's a meeting that starts at the top of the hour, it's at least 15 minutes before and after is blocked out on my calendar, much to what you said of to get myself straight. Even before we got on our call today, it was, do I take some time reviewing, you know, these talking points I'd like to share or do I spend a couple minutes doing breath work? I have found for myself, it is better for me to breathe, 
and get myself grounded than it is to you know, do the busy work of looking at things I wanna say or would like to share. Not that they're not important, but it's balancing and finding strategies that work for you. So I have found breath work is a great tool right before a meeting. I try to do that or some stretching, get grounded, get comfortable, have that meeting, and then know on the back end, I've already planned some time to do tasks after a meeting. I could do a quick response or just recap, write down my thoughts. What am I thinking? What would I like to follow up with this person while it's fresh and top of mind? I think it's a wonderful strategy. Yeah, I love breath work as well. As a matter of fact, I interviewed someone on my show, Kimberly Rayburn, who talked specifically about breath work. And I just think it is so good and so important. But again, it's not for everybody 100 percent of the times. But I've really gotten into it and really, really enjoyed and find it super valuable for me in just slowing my heart rate down and just really getting myself centered before I do something just like you do. I love that. What are some tools and technologies that are available to help business owners track and even improve their brain health? Yeah, I think there are so many different ways you may be looking at elements. If you're using some of the health tech related devices, it may already a ring, one of the rings, the watches, it might be counting your steps, your sleep, your movement. So you have those types of things. But when you're really thinking about brain health, unfortunately, it's spread across a lot of different apps. Just like you like breathing, you may have a couple for breathing. You'll have one that's really giving you more of that health data from your health tech. And then you may have paper logs or ones you're tracking nutrition. Unfortunately, they're not always systematically together or communicating, but I encourage people, if you're really thinking brain health is the priority, I do not know what area to start on, from sleep, nutrition, social connections, to look at some of the free online assessments. They look at you self-reporting, how often you're sleeping, how how often do you touch base with other people? And it's looking at your score in these different domains and it gives you a brain health index score. So you can start to see, hey, I'm doing really well here. This area looks like I could improve. Maybe I will start with my nutrition. And so it's nice, I like it because they're free dashboards. You can log in. Some of them you sign up, you give them your email, they'll remind you every couple of months. Like check back in, let's see how your progress is doing. But it really starts to give you that broader picture of brain health. So you could see your score by each domain and go, I'm really good on physical health. Maybe I need to tap into my social network more. That was not my higher score. And so it's a nice way to get a visual in a dashboard along with some practical tips. There's quite a few of them available online for free. If you go to our website, it's virtualbrainhealthcenter.com. We have them linked there on the resource page for you. And there's also just came out a new BrainFit habit tracker app, which is free to download. It's called BrainFit, and it's by the Women's Brain Health Initiative. So you can have one spot where you're tracking these different areas of brain health that's app-based rather than web-based. That's awesome. So we go to virtualbrainhealthcenter.com and you have a number of these resources there available that we can check out for looking at the uh, brain health index app assessments, right? Yes. And then there's a couple other resources if you're trying to get started with brain health and wellness. Where can you invest your first 30 minutes? 
how do you achieve brain health in half your day's time, even while you're sleeping? It gives you those researched informed time intervals under these different areas of brain health that can help you make the investment and get the quick return for your optimal health and well-being. Excellent. So a lot of free resources to help us get started. I always love that. And I do have the aura ring, which it helps me measure my sleep. So I know if I'm sleeping well or what days I'm going to at least wake up. And I said, oh, I had a really great sleep. Let me check my aura ring. What did it say? Oh, it said I did have a really great sleep. So you kind of learn to know how you're sleeping and things like that with the aura ring. So I love that tool. It is, and that's the one that's, I think, the best on the market to date, at least for sleep, and there's other ones that have some good benefits, so it's nice to see we can pair technology with an area we're prioritizing, and much like you said, we can then reflect and see, well, if I'm feeling good, what's the data telling me, and where can I make some improvements, or where do I just keep knowing these healthy habits are keeping me well? Absolutely. Because in the beginning, I thought, I don't feel like I'm sleeping well, but you, I didn't really have any data that said, how, how am I sleeping? How many hours am I sleeping? How much REM sleep am I getting? How much deep sleep am I getting, etc. So it really helped me learn over time how to really start judging that and be a little bit more accurate without 100% checking the aura ring. All technology is good. We, we make so many good advancements and to leverage our technology to help us have better brain health and sleep and everything that's associated with that is all good. Any other parting thoughts that you think are important for us to know or do? I encourage everyone to know that brain health's for all of us. It's for every single person. And the research shows brain health, 90% lifestyle, 10% genetics. There is something we all can do for our optimal brain health and wellness every single day, and we can keep growing that. So I encourage you to know that it's important to get started. And maybe when you do some of the assessments or you reflect, you realize I'm already doing some really great things for my brain, but there's always areas I can improve on. And let's tackle that and just continue the journey to your optimal brain health and well-being. Wow. 90% lifestyle. Yes, and 10% genetics, and it still gets, our lifestyle can offset our genetics at times of when something may present a chronic health condition or some of our symptoms. We're learning a lot more, but I like to think that's the main encouraging point for people to know. A lot of our brain health is in our hands, and the things we do every single day really do make a difference for our optimal health and well-being. And I love what you said about there is that our genetics can be somewhat changed so that we don't have to say, well, that's my genetic. I can change my lifestyle to help with those genetic issues, right? Yes. And I think now we're really at that point where if you're managing a chronic health condition or mental health or any other type of health issue, Someone's talking to you about lifestyle. They're going through the brain health lifestyle factors. So the brain health conversation is coming online for so many of us, whether we don't have a diagnosis or if we do or we have an injury and we're recovering. This brain health journey we have ebbs and flows throughout our lives. But there's a lot that we can do for our own selves, our families and our communities. Wow. Good stuff. Really great to know. Really enjoyed you sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope this helps nudge everyone forward on their charge for better brain health and wellness. Me too. I agree.
better brain health. We all can use it. <laughs> great, great information and insight today. I really appreciate you sharing your very valuable expertise and comments with us today and moving forward to helping us have even better brain health and overall health in our life that's going to help us be even more successful at what we do, not only in our business, but in our life as well. Well, my hope for our time together with Dr. Crystal is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries and, of course, on accountabilitycoach.com. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. Want more from me, the Accountability Coach? Subscribe to my proven business success resources and tips blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And remember to aim for what you want each and every single day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.